All right, good folks. Let's start this shit. Still right. before we get any more. Give me the head nod. Give All me right. the head nod. Too. All right. Three, two. Yeah, what's going on, everyone? This is the Philly Experience Podcast. I'm Tanner Gilmartin, and of course, Max Gretzula, entire hood, joining me as well on this first day of October. October came up on us fast, guys. Um, It's, as they say on social media, spooky season, and it's right. This is like, for me, the meat of football right here. Um, Three games in. You're really starting to determine, you know, who's real, who's not, who's falling down the standings, who's climbing up. And we are lucky this season, guys, to be talking about our Philadelphia Eagles. 3-0 right now, going on to play the Jacksonville Jaguars tomorrow, Sunday, October 2nd, on a rainy day. We got Sixers to talk about, Phillies to talk about, uh, all things around the football sport as a whole not just the eagles but let's start off with this interview that we wanted to talk about guys ben simmons on the old man in the three podcast with jj reddick and tommy alter um they had some questions for ben simmons he was kind of you know real i guess you could say where he was just sitting around a table um they were talking drinking cursing um it was kind of interesting to see ben simmons in that kind of environment um and i don't know did this interview before we dive into the specifics did this interview as a whole kind of change your guys opinion about ben simmons Uh, (laughs) i was kind of hoping going into the interview that it would change my opinion i I would i truly hoped guys that i did not view ben simmons with the same anger and frustration as i did before the interview Unfortunately, I'm I have just as much frustration, maybe even a little bit more with him after the interview. It it oh man. We'll get into it though. Go ahead, Max. I mean, it's the same it's like Carson Wentz and Ben Simmons, you know, football side of things, it's just two polarizing figures. But I think with Ben Simmons, you know, you think about what he could have accomplished here in Philadelphia if he ever shot the basketball. Um, it's frustrating. I think after the game seven where he didn't dunk it like we all thought he should have didn't really score or shoot really in that fourth quarter. It still haunts us to this day because that team uh, was pretty legit. But, you know, does it change my opinion on him? No. Um, Do I wish he was still able to accomplish those things that, you know, we all set out to do as far as the team goes throughout those years while he was here, of course. But, um, you know, we get frustrated with him not being able to shoot or not even attempting to shoot. Uh, Just the skill set that he brings to the table, um, I think last year, kind of you know shown especially in the playoffs because listen for all the stuff he doesn't bring offensively he brings a ton defensively he can guard one through five i think you know philly us we struggled a lot defensively in the playoffs especially when Embiid uh, missed those first two games against the miami heat see and you kind of you kind of you know hit on a little bit of it max when you talked about you know, some of the things he did. And that was one of the things that he talked about. He talked about the fact that, you know, 
as Philly fans, it, it seemed like we overlooked the good things that he did. It, we overlooked the fact that, yeah, he was a great defender. He's a great, you know, playmaker. He's a great passer. We Here's the thing. We never overlooked those things. We always gave credit where credit is due. Any single time you guys came at me about Ben Simmons, and I was always negative about him from day one, but there, and it was mostly you two that were, you know, all about Ben Simmons. We always, you guys always mention those things, and I always mention those things. I'm like, yes, that's good. Yes, he does those things. But there's one thing that separated him from being a good player to a great player, and it's that shooting. And unfortunately, it seems like he's doubled down on that. Like he's still, it, it's based off of the interview. It still seems like he is still relishing about the things that he does well, instead of still working on that one. And it's really just that one thing. Instead of working on that one thing that holds you back from bring possibly the greatest NBA player today, he could possibly take LeBron James's throne. That's how good of a player Ben Simmons is. But unfortunately. That shooting is going to hold him. It's going to continue to hold him back. I, you you kind of shook your head, um, Tanner. You, yeah, with the uh, with the LeBron James comparison, T. I think that's something that especially Max and I, when we're talking about how it's been us two, I'm kind of convincing you on Ben Simmons his whole Sixers career. I think that's what we were thinking about when he was a Sixer. Like, all right, next year he's going to make that big leap. Next year, next year. And then it just didn't happen, and we were like, okay, you know, time to throw in the towel with Ben Simmons, too. And the way he's acting right now, it just made it easier um, for us as fans to be okay with him departing the Sixers. But specifically getting into the interview that happened, uh, I think, a a week ago now. This is that shot. It's whatever. I mean, just take it. But also, I think the thing that really bothered me was the free throw shooting. You know, he never really improved. He was always around a 55 to 60% free throw shooter. Um, down late in games, of course, the other team would just hack him and send him to the free throw line. It's, it felt like he would never make two out of two. Uh, I think we were always praying for one out of two from the free throw line. So for me, I think if he were to improve as a free throw shooter and, uh, you know, everything else off the floor never came to fruition as far as the mental health and everything like that. I, I would, even regardless of the three-point shooting, I would still love to have him on the team. I mean, I think the stuff that he brings to the table right now, when you look at how this roster is built with Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, your backcourt, really, there's no defensive proudness there whatsoever. Tobias Harris really yeah. did step up for the most part in the playoffs, just with sheer athleticism, right? Six seven can really defend either forward position. Obviously, you have Embiid and now P.J. Tucker, who will see at age 37 what he has left in the tank. I mean, you look at Tom Brady this year, it seems like he doesn't have much left. I mean, he just hit a wall. Players that hit a wall, and you don't know when it's coming. You don't know when it's coming. So with yeah. P.J. Tucker, to sign him to a three-year contract is questionable. Um, but with the Ben Simmons thing, man, I think um, I'd love to have him here if he would just the, the off-the-court off things just, just didn't materialize, which they did. Yeah. Now, T, mm-hmm. we're getting into – when talking about Ben Simmons' return to practice, Doc Rivers um, informed Ben Simmons informed Doc Rivers that he was not yet ready, kind of mentally, to be mm-hmm. thrown back in mm-hmm. uh, to practice like that. And Ben said that Doc made him go in to practice anyway. Right. Said he was he's still going to put him out there. Right. And then a minute into practice, he looks at Ben Simmons. He's like, Ben, get in there. And Ben sort of took that as a personal attack because he's like, you're not doing that to anyone else. Like one minute into practice, that's just not reality. Like that's just you're picking on me mm-hmm. at that point is what he thought. 
Um, and he mentions how, you know, he didn't handle things correctly, but also the team did. Regular season. All right. Sorry about that, Phyllis. That was my bad. That was my bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take it over. So what happens when we have bad weather? Um, okay. So you were talking about Ben Simmons and you were talking about the practice um, in particular and what happened with Doc Rivers. Look, if I'm Doc Rivers, I'm doing the same damn thing. All right. I'm doing the same exact damn thing because let's think about, let's think about, you know, the time, the timeline of what happened leading up to um, that event. You, so the team allegedly, and you kind of, and he denied this, but the team allegedly goes out to LA to try to talk to him, to try to see where his head's at. He denies it. So that's a, you know, I don't know who's, who's telling the truth and who's not. Cause Embiid on the same podcast said, said, you know, we did go out to, we did go out to LA and try to talk to him, but he wouldn't talk to us. So that's neither here nor there. I don't know who's telling the truth on that one, but let's set, let's just assume that it's true. You had the team. Some some of your teammates go out there to LA to try to talk to you, and then you know you're not showing up for practice. You're not showing up for you know workouts. Which there's a clause in these players' contracts that you know if you work out, you get a certain amount, and if you don't, you're going to get fined. It's it's as simple as that. And he also complained about that as well. I mean, if that's in your contract, bro, that's in your contract. Like it don't it, it really don't matter if you're the strongest guy on your team. Like you still got to show up to practice and you still got to show up to that stuff. So he complained about that. And then the whole practice thing. Now we're, now we're up to the practice thing. If I'm Doc Rivers, I'm doing the same damn thing. He had been fined multiple times at this point for not showing up to practice. So now all of a sudden you show up because yeah, these fines are getting kind of damn hefty and you ain't exactly getting paid to be there. So all that being said, I'd have put your ass up in there too. Cause you showed up to practice at the end of the day. Yeah. T good. Just for entertainment purposes. Let's dive into this, um, that I'm thinking of now. What's the difference between Allen Iverson missing practice and his whole practice, you know, interview mm. compared to what Ben Simmons did. Just l- let's just entertain uh, the listeners. <laughs> okay. So the difference is AI, AI shot the damn ball. AI still came out and balled out during games. Yeah. We were still pissed that, you know, AI did his own damn thing, I hear you. but at the end of the day, AI still showed up and was improved why he was the best player on the damn team. You could arguably say that Ben Simmons is probably the best player on the Sixers at that time. You can arguably say that it was him and Embiid pretty much for that top spot, but like it was it it was it was shit like that that for me like just impacts Ben Simmons' image. Like, bro, you're not a perfect player. You're you're not you're not the guy. You still have flaws in your game, and they get exposed every freaking year in the playoffs. Max kind of alluded to it as well. Your free throw percentage stinks. It's horrible. You don't think you have things to work on? I understand. Look, and, and he kicked around once again, the, the, the mental instability thing. And I can't say if he wasn't going through anything or not. That's not my position. All I'm saying is there's inconsistencies with what he says based upon what happened in the timeline of everything that happened. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, can we get into Doc, Tanner, Tanner, real quick, can we get into Doc Rivers here? Because I think he's a part of this where you talk about him coddling Ben Simmons, all these press conferences, yeah. 
What, what, what is your take on that? You know what, Max? That's funny you say, um, and that brings me into my next point. You mentioned coddling Ben Simmons. Um, and in the interview, J.J. Redick, I mean, he straight up says, you know, Doc and Joel, they threw you under the bus. And Ben's kind of like, yeah, like that did happen. And when you look back at it, I mean, that is what happened. You know, but it's accountability. That's the problem here uh, with the Sixers. And if you're not going to take accountability, I mean, someone's going to give it to you, right? Someone's going to blame you. They're going to, it's better to take it for yourself than get blamed or thrown under a bus. Yeah. Um, like this situation with Ben Simmons. So, Doc Rivers, now we don't agree with everything Doc Rivers does, of course, um, with, you know, game plan, um, rotation, et cetera, with, with all that. But, for him to kind of be stern with Ben Simmons in practice, I kind of, I kind of prefer that than have him be, you know, Ben Simmons, my favorite. I'm going to coddle him, um, all this and that. I'm, I don't know if I would have chose a different maybe pathway as a, as a fan watching this, like would Ben Simmons still be here if, if Doc and Joel didn't throw him under the bus, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if, you know, Ben talks a lot about his, you know, mental state. Um, I think other things could have happened. He might still be on the sixes, but not playing. Um, but it, T, what, what do you think? Ben, look, Doc did what he had to do at that time. If you, if you think about Ben Simmons' entire career, I mean, even the previous coach coddled him. He coddled him. He told him, you know, he, he could do no wrong and things of that nature. When Doc Rivers came in, Doc Rivers at first coddled him. But I think that's the main issue with today's athletes, man. They they, they get coddled too fucking much, man. Like, I, I don't want to. And be- what we've heard real quick to what we've heard about Ben Simmons is that's exactly his problem. He gets coddled by family members, his team around him. Um, that he didn't need to shoot the ball because he was being coddled. That, that's the whole problem with Ben Simmons being coddled. Like it just it 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 irritates me that today's athlete like just needs to be coddled. Like I can remember, and I don't want to I don't want to seem like that old you know that old guy you know get off my lawn. I don't want to seem like that guy, but like today's athletes just like they irritate my soul. This is the reason like. I'm about to go on a little bit of a rant. This is the reason why I hate this like participation trophy era that we're in. It's like you you get credit for the things that you do, but like what about those things that you're not good at? Are you going to work towards those things? Like are you actually are you actually working towards, you know, getting your ass up and like being a better player? Like Ben Simmons has been coddled his entire fucking career and it has irritated my soul from day one, I do not like this era of coddled players. And this is a prime example right here of a coddled player who got what he wanted because he wanted it. And it just, it, it, it just, it pisses me off to no end to see more and more players like this coming out. You can't yell at players no more. You can't, you know, tell them what they're bad at. You know, it, it, what are you kidding me? Dog. Ben Simmons, I still stand by what I said earlier. You could have been one of, if not the best player in the NBA because LeBron James is on his way out. You could have at least rivaled Giannis. 
at least Giannis has worked on his shooting, damn it. Because Giannis does the same freaking things that you do. Same size. He does if you guys can go back things. out, and, and, and hindsight's twenty twenty, but when we when we saw the trade go down with James Harden, right, and Ben Simmons and Drummond went, and we got Harden in here, we were all freaking out. We were all excited. What do you – like, when you look back at some of these players, when everybody comes into the league, they have – I mean, they have their own personal egos from college or whatnot, but they come in, they're playing with grown men. They're happy to be here. They're excited on draft night. They're like, oh, I'm just happy to, you know, jump in there and tag along all I want. Then they start getting some pedigree in the league. They got the big egos again. You know, think about James Harden coming in here. Think about his ego. You know, a couple of MVPs, a couple of scoring titles and whatnot. And he's not the same player at the time. You know, he was obviously banged up with the hamstring injury, but we were all just excited to get Ben Simmons out of town. But what do you think about going after, and again, the young studs coming up at, at a young age, I, like they're basically, you're going to have to give up everything and go get them. But I think personally, the younger you can go out there and get like, for example, Tyrese Maxey, this is a guy that came into the league day one. He just wants to win. He wants to help the team any way he can. I think you can argue Joel Embiid's obviously the MVP of the league and the team, but Maxey might be our most important player. Because this is a guy that's 21, 22 years old. I think he's younger than us. I mean, obviously, he's probably – I think he's still 21. And the ability to score, the uh, the just watching him on the court, the energy he brings. This goes back to the point tenor when you have, like, that collective effort. I mean, if you had 10 Tyrese Maxis on this team, think about that. I mean, everybody would get along. Everybody would be having fun, joking, post-game interviews. All that stuff, I think, is important outside of the stuff he brings on the court, which is the scoring ability, the speed, the quickness, defense when he needs to but also to get the fans involved. I mean, we saw him when he would step out, uh, you know, three-point range and knock down those open triples. Yeah. I mean, everything that it's, – it's everything that comes together there. And then you look and you have Harden's big ego. Tobias Harris, who wants to be one part of the big three when he's really just a B-plus player. And I think that's the stuff that really hurts the team. When Tyrese Maxey – I don't even think he pays attention to that stuff. I think he's out here just trying to win and having fun. But then you have Harden, who's not only thinking about stuff – on the court, but all his endorsement deals, all the money he's making off the court. Maxie will have that one day, but right now that's not his main focus. His main focus is just playing basketball. You see him post on social media. I'm in the gym every single day throughout the offseason. You don't see Harden doing that. You know, you don't see Tobias doing that. And Bede, we can say all we want about his greatness. When time comes when push comes to shove and, and he's and he's needed in the playoffs, regardless of it's his fault or not, injury related and not, he just hasn't been reliable. I mean, it's just a fact. He's been hurt. He's been unable to perform at the highest level. I know he got elbowed in the face by Siakam last year, but he's just unreliable come playoff time. A couple years ago, he gets a stomach bug. I mean, it's just a snowball effect. The thumb injury cost him a little bit, not only of time, but his skill level. I mean, Tyrese Maxey is the future of the Sixers, and and I'm happy we didn't trade him for Kevin Durant because this is a guy who's going to be an all-star in the league eventually, and he's going to be the face of the franchise once Embiid, who we know the wear and tear is coming on that body. Seven-foot-two center. He's been in the league, what, eight years now, whatever it is. Tyrese Maxey's a future, and I don't want to trade him for anything. I mean, I think this guy is perfect for Philadelphia. He gets it. The energy, the mindset, the community, he's always out there. I think this guy, as he continues to get older, is, is going to be the real deal. I agree with you yeah. on Maxey, a thousand percent. I definitely agree with you on Maxey, his mentality, the way he's embraced the fans, as you've said. I mean, his his work ethic, that's exactly – the type of athlete that we as Philadelphia fans, we, we love to see. We love to see, you know, our guys get in the gym and get better and things of that nature and, 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 yeah. and interact with the people. That's one of the things, yep. man. Interaction that's, exactly, that's exactly what works for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
that is exactly what works. The personality, the involvement with the fans, all that stuff. And then, yeah. and then transforming that off the field onto what they're doing on the field, just making a whole show of it, a fun time. They're having fun out there, of course, because they're winning. But right. also, it's just, you know, with the Batman cape and, and all that stuff, with the what, what happens in the media going into what happens with the game. I mean, it's a, all a connection. And when it's hidden, it's it's going right. And that's what makes it fun. I totally agree. 100%. Yeah. And Maxi again, Maxi is one of those people who gets Philadelphia. And I think going back to your Ben Simmons boy, Tanner, that was a guy who just didn't get the city at all. No. Uh, definitely. And I want to get into a specific quote from Ben Simmons. And this really stuck with me. This was referring to his shooting abilities uh, that we were kind of getting into. But he said, and I quote, for a while, it was just so repetitive. You're hearing it all from the time every for the uh, you're hearing it all the time from everyone. You're like, fucking hell, get off my case. And this to me is this is exactly the reason why it didn't work out with him and in Philly. And at the end, especially it didn't work out. Right. But when you're looking at the best athletes in this city and even the athletes who understand um, how the city works with the fan base and in sports as a whole, it's a form of motivation when you hear booze and criticism from fans on the radio. And you look at Joel Embiid. I mean, this is one of the most loved athletes in the city, Joel Embiid. He's been booed. He's been criticized. And he's been getting better. Um, I mean, we're talking about two MVP caliber seasons out of Joel Embiid with the injuries and everything. He's still trying to get better. And it's just so different from what we saw from Ben Simmons talking about telling people to get off his case. And, you know, it, it got to him and stuff like that. If you kind of put on the reflective lenses and you're kind of just like, okay, you take what you want out of that criticism uh you obviously you hear it all you know guys like carson Wentz said he doesn't listen to sports talk radio and doesn't go on social media and see all that he does it, it it's hard not to i mean it's impossible really to avoid all that talk and that's the thing that separates carson Wentz and the ben simmons from uh being successful in the city of philadelphia taking that and twisting it into motivation is really what makes these Bryce Harper's, these Joel Embiid's, um, even like Tyrese Maxey. He's seen the trade rumors. Um, well, yeah. Was he just going to stop playing his heart out for the Sixers just because of these rumors? No. He's out even- there. He's doing charity games. He's raising money for the city. He's playing, practicing. He's staying out there after practice hours, shooting around, getting better because whether he's on the Philadelphia 76ers or if he's on the – Cleveland Cavaliers. He's still going to be playing his best. Yeah. Um. But he loves the destination in Philadelphia. You can just see it. Like the Jalen Hurts, especially. I was just about to say Jalen Hurts, prime example of just a hard worker. Hearing the criticism, turning that around. Like, okay, this is supposed to be the year I'm supposed to prove it. Okay, bet I'm over here three and zero now. That's just what it is to be a Philadelphia athlete. 
And at the end of the day, that's really all we ask for. I mean, that, I mean, look, we'll, we'll criticize our own athletes. Of course, we'll boo you if, if we think that you can do better, but at the end of the day, it, it's, it's not in a disrespectful tone. It is because we expect more from you and we know that you can do better. Cause at the end of the day, let somebody else outside the state disrespect you. And we're going to be the first one jumping down. their throat, telling, telling them off. Don't talk about our athletes in this city. That's our job. Let us get on our athletes. Because that's the type of love that we have for our guys. Even like the Michael Vick era and stuff like that. I mean, not only did he serve his time and, you know, he had the public apologies and everything, but he was hearing it from away fans, um, from the own fans that did not want him to be in the franchise. I mean, everywhere he was getting hell. He was hearing it. Um, and, you know, he, he yeah. did deserve it. Um, in some aspects, I mean, we're talking about the law and stuff like that, but just when we're talking about fan interaction, uh, that's, it, it really, I can't say it enough. It, it separates the, the great athletes from the ones who are going to get traded because they, they just can't make it here. Let me ask you this question to wrap up this point here. You had the Sixer season coming around. We're all, you know, we usually get excited when the season comes. I feel like we don't have that same energy this year for the most part because it's just been we're getting kicked in the balls every single year the last five years at the end of the day. But when you talk about James Harden, is he going to be the downfall of this team, you know, not only for this season or the season after, but just this whole process thing with MB, you know, because, like, I, I just I feel like with his ego coming in here, his skill level, sure, if this was five years ago, that would take over with all the drama and things like that because he can come in and just drop 40 a night with the step back freeze and all. But well, since that's worn off and he's not the same player, but maybe mentally he still thinks he is, he's still going to take the same amount of shots. He's still going to try to step back threes. He's still going to drive in and try to draw the foul. He's not going to hustle back on defense when he doesn't get the call. All those effects and all those things are going to still rattle off. And at the end of the day, I just don't know – you know, I, I don't know who in that locker room. It's going to have to be Embiid, I guess, that's going to pull him aside and be like, "Listen, either we get our shit in order and we get we get lined up and try to try to make a run here, or this thing's just not working out." And I, I don't know what Harden's contract is. I got to look back at it. I don't know if it was a two year contract with a player option or a team option or something like that. But you know, if this thing doesn't work out this year, I would get rid of him immediately. And listen, if you have to take a talent level drop a little bit just to get a new personality in here. Uh, somebody to compliment Mac, Maxi or whatnot, fine. But I just, I think this, I think he's going to be an issue, and I'm not, and it's going to be not not player based as far as Ben Simmons not being able to perform and shoot. I just think it's going to be more, you know, off the court, like just stuff we don't see behind the scenes. I think I just have a hunch, like mid season, there's going to be like things aren't going to be going well. The offense is sputtering, and and things just aren't clicking. And people are going to be pointing fingers at Doc Rivers. People are going to be pointing fingers at, you know, players on the team. I'm wondering if if Doc Rivers makes it this whole season. I really do. I mean, Because I think if we get like halfway through the season and we're not performing, something somebody's going to get blamed, right? And it's, you can't you can't fire Harden, you know. So Doc might be on the hot seat. I mean, I, I, I Max, I really hope you, that you're wrong about, you know, how you feel in, in your statements. Because at the end of the day, I mean – just based off of what we've seen and from what I've heard, I mean, James Harden, he's lost 100 pounds in the offseason, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I all mean, the good, positive things, T. But we, is like, that even possible? It, it, I was just thinking that, but, like, it, it shouldn't have gotten to that point. But I I, I want to believe. I truly I truly do. I mean, is does this team have enough pieces 
necessary to finally get over that second round of hump. I mean, it, it remains to be seen. I'm trying to stay positive. I mean, hell, I'm trying to stay a whole lot more positive than I am about the Phillies. But I mean, yeah. it, uh, I, 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 I want to have hope. I want to have hope because it's hard. It's hard for a player to adjust to a team in the middle of of a, of in the middle of a season, and also. Harden was dealing with hamstring injuries, not to make excuses for him, but Harden was dealing with hamstring injuries and a bunch of other things and having to adjust to different teammates. I'm hoping with this off season that those guys gel together, they learn how to play together and we're not, you know, having to worry about, Oh, is this team really, really legit or not? Yeah. I think we're screwed. I think we're screwed. Honestly, wow. that, this, I, brings I mean, this me is into, about winning the championship. Tanner. It's about yeah, winning the championship. It brings me into the, the next few questions I wanted to ask you guys. First off, are we ready to start paying attention to the Sixers? I know we're talking about them right now, but are we going to keep no way. No on the way. Sixers, or is it just like no. what we see in the media? We're going to talk about like is this all overhype of James Harden? Like, I don't think he. I don't even think that's physically possible for him to lose that hundred pounds. I have to see some records on that um, <laughs> to really believe it. But are we? Is the media overhyping the Philadelphia media? Are they overhyping the James Harden scenario saying, oh, you know, he's back to what he has been when he was an MVP. Yeah. He's back to yeah. that state. Is that all overhype? What do we think? Definitely. Definitely overhype. I just, you, be, right? just, you don't turn back the clock, right? This guy's not 28, 27 anymore. I mean, the reality is he's 32, 33 years old. Listen, does he suck? No. I mean, this guy's a Hall of Fame basketball player. I'm just saying it's about winning a championship. Right. And this team isn't the Milwaukee Bucks or the Golden State Warriors. They're probably hell, they're not even probably the Miami Heat at this point. You know, that team that team has fun. You watch the Heat play, you got Tyler Hero balling, you got Jimmy Butler, the veteran leader, you got Bam Adebayo doing his thing. I mean, that team is just solid, not only on the court, but their leader in Eric Spolstra, well run organization with Pat Riley. I mean, it's it's literally top to bottom. And this organization in Philly, and there's egos, man. It's it's egos. It's, it's Jimmy Butler. Listen, for as good as he is. He brings that team together. It's not about Jimmy Butler. It's not about give me my give me my thirty points, give me my twenty shots a game. You know, it's about let's get a dub. And he says it too. He's all every time he gets interviewed post game. I mean, we saw that series against Miami. We interviewed Jimmy Butler. Hey, what PJ did the job tonight? You know, PJ you know stepped up on defense. You know, we got Tyler Hero came off the bench as a sixth man. He dropped twenty five points. Really needed that tonight. Never about James or Jimmy Butler. He's always deflecting the praise. That's not something James Harden would do. It's just not whose personalities. You can't change somebody and their personality. It's just that's it's just a different it's a different mindset. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, how much more attention can you give to a James Harden? I mean, like like Max just said, he's thirty two, thirty three years old. I mean, how much more hype can you give to give to the guy? I mean, he, he we saw from you know last season that he's not exactly the same player that he was when he was. Yeah, one game, right? Game four. Yeah, game four. Yeah, he, he went off in the fourth quarter, right? I mean, but after that, it was like that. You know, he's not the same 27, 28 year old, you know, MVP level type of player that we've grown accustomed to seeing. He's not that type of player no more. He's really more or less now been you know degraded to a role type of player. So it really depends on how much impact you know he can really have with the team as now a role player. He's not the star anymore and he can't be the star anymore because that body won't allow him to do it. So ultimately it just comes down to that. I I'm, I mean can't really overhype a role player. I'm just saying. Yeah, and you know this is all still all season talk. Um is this even a team that really deserves to be having fun? 
at this moment right now instead of you know getting to work we're not seeing any of that really either like max was saying we're not we don't know what joel Embiid's doing in the off season uh, he is a family man now so i assume yeah. he did take a bunch of time off to spend with his you know, his child and his girl yes and um and all that you know family stuff that surrounds that james harden apparently he's been you know losing weight maxi he's been playing uh we we've seen him locally playing um in that classic they had um just what a, maybe a month or so ago yeah i think it was like um and just the other guys who were brought in, we're just not sure who they are really as a, as a sixer yet. Um, Tobias Harris, is he still going to be that guy just slowing the team down in a way where it's like, what, how is he still on this team? Still, we're talking about Tobias Harris. Um, but these are questions that are unfortunately going to be answered when the Sixers start actually playing basketball, regular season basketball yep. again. Uh, as we move on to the Philadelphia Phillies. You guys remember the Phillies, uh, that baseball team that we have in Philadelphia who two weeks ago, 90% chance of making the playoffs today. Uh, about a coin flip, 50% chance to make the playoffs. I got an alert a little earlier that the game started, but still looks like they're in a delay um, for the rain in Washington. They're playing the Nationals again. Uh, playing that the rest of that national series. There's supposed to be a doubleheader. Um, not sure how that's going to work out because that yeah. second game is starting at 7.05. You know, if they don't get started on this first game, um, I don't even know if they're sure who's pitching in this first game because Syndergaard's pitching that second game, correct? Yep. You can't you can't uh, play two games without playing the first game there, Tanner. Yep. yep. <laughs> 84 and 72, a half game ahead of the Brewers in that wild card race that they have put themselves in uh, position-wise and games ahead. I mean, they lost five straight, swept by the Chicago Cubs before yeah. finally winning that first game against the Nationals. Yeah. Their three best starters, zero wins in that Cubs series. Um, Just couldn't get the offense going there, Tanner, all right? It, it's the, the mistakes. Going. It's the mistakes, too, made by an outfielder who the Phillies brought in by the trade deadline – who was supposed to produce defensively. Um, Yeah, Marsh. He had two drops in four games. Um, And let's get in that Gene Segura fiasco. Was it really his fault all the way? Because, you know, he went in the dugout. He apologized to Thompson. Coach Thompson said, you know, that's my fault. And Thompson said, yeah, you're right. was your fault. Um, That's what I like to see out of a baseball coach especially. But – he turned around. He's on first base. Uh, was it who was who was at bat? Uh, Maton, I believe Maton was at bat. It was a three-one count in the ump's hands. But Gene turned around, looked at the scoreboard, and saw that they gave uh, Maton four balls. So he started walking to second base. The rookie pitcher at the time that was yeah. pitching ran over to Gene, tagged him, and he's like. What happened? He's right. pointing at the scoreboard. He's looking at the scoreboard. Um, but in reality, it's, you know, you can't base your game off of the scoreboard. You have to know. And baseball is one of the biggest mental sports in yeah. uh, out of all the sports. It's really up to you how, how things go and mental errors, 
they control the game and you have to know what the count is of the batter. You have to know, or, you know, is it a walk? Am I safe to go to second base and all that? What do you guys think of this yeah. Phillies team and, you know, the mistakes made? Are they going to be able to bounce back with this wild card? And how are they going to play in the playoffs if they do make it? First, first off, guys, um, I remember us having this discussion um, not too long ago about whether or not the Phillies were going to make the playoffs or not. And you guys were gung-ho about them making the playoffs. You guys were like, you know, it's impossible for them not to look at the streak that they're on. I mean, T, you're a goddamn I wouldn't say fool. it was impossible back then. Hey, come on. Don't, don't do not do that to me. Ain't no don't, don't do, do that. that ain't no don't do that. Ain't, ain't, there is no it's don't do that. It's yes, a long season, T. Yes, and we're at season. the end of the damn season, and we're struggling with a half game up in the damn playoffs for the last damn spot. If I, in, hey, in, in my defense, I did say that they were going to make it hard for themselves at the end like they always do. If they didn't extend the play playoffs like we will we really even be talking about them being a playoff team at this point it's just killing me just, it'll just, kill just you killing me damn it They're like Listen, come here's on the thing. i think if we played the cubs 10 games in a row we could lose all 10 of those games they're just some teams that have your number i mean it's just a fact you know we have the nationals number if we go out there and win these four games against the nats would i be surprised hell no we just destroyed them this year we're 15 and 2 against this team Baseball is a weird game. The Cubs just had the Phillies number. That's why I wasn't really freaking out. We lost the first game, lost the second game, and I was like, you know what? We lose. We're probably going to lose the third game. I mean, it's just how the things were going. But I saw the Nats up on the schedule. I was like, this is a team we have owned. This is a team we have to beat the next three games. And then we go down to Houston and we see what happens. But baseball, I'm not freaking out. Like I don't think all of a sudden the Phillies forgot how to play. They forgot how to hit. Forgot how to pitch. The oh, pitching's the been good. Is. The pitching has been solid. The bullpen has been worn out. It's a long season. 162 games is a long season. The bullpen is tired. They're worn out. Strength, and he came back off the IL quickly. You know, Robertson, ever since he threw, like, that 40-pitch inning or whatever, like a month ago, hasn't been the same at all. So just get in any way you can. And right now we're playing the team we want to play, the worst team in baseball, the Washington Nationals. That's where we lie. You know, we gave ourselves a chance. The Brewers got what? They got the Marlins, and then I don't know who they had the last series – but if the Marlins can help us out, it'd be great. And this is a Brewers team that they traded the best closer. I mean, Josh Hader, first two months of the season, April through June, he didn't give up a single run in like 18 appearances. 18 of 18 is save opportunities. They trade this guy away. And you think the Brewers see, the Brewers are just, you know, they're punting on the season. Nice. And now all of a sudden, here they are. They're roaring back. I mean, surprising to some, yes. But – they still got a good team. It's going to be a dogfight. I still think the Phillies punched their ticket. Max, that, Max, that's the issue. This this is a good team, but the issue is they're not playing like a good team. You get swept by the Cubs. You split with the Braves. You split with what the if they get, What if they sweep the Nats, though? What if they sweep the Nats? If they, they still if, have to play the Astros, who are playing their three aces, Max. Yes. They're playing Verlander, listen, Valdez, listen, that's McCullers. If, that's if those guys even pitch. That's if those guys pitch. Because they wrapped up the division title. They want to rest yeah. those guys for the playoffs. Nah, Dusty hope. said he's putting his guys out there. He's putting them out there. They don't even have to. Max, they could put you and I out there. They really they really could because they're all just waiting for the postseason. The Phillies um, will make the playoffs. They could put their scrubs out there. The Phillies will make the playoffs this year. They, they've, they're too right. damn good of a baseball team to just screw around and lose immediately this season. They're, 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 they, can't, they can't do great. Throughout, you know, it's up and down roller coaster of a season. They're gonna do it this year. I'm telling you, they're getting into the playoffs. The Brewer, they have the tiebreaker over the Brew Crew. They're gonna get in, and the, the reason being the schedule. 
I still think they can go down there and win two games in Houston, and I still think they can sweep out this Nats team. All right, all right. I just I got the timestamp written down. If they don't make it, just know I'm recalling those same exact words to you. Fine. You can do whatever you want. You can recall whatever you want to recall. I'm just telling you how it's going to be. The Phillies are going to the postseason. They're going. I'm going to say the same thing because that's what I've been saying this whole season. Um, you know, I mean, one of these times it's got to be right. We've been saying it for the past three three seasons. We've been so sure this team is going to make the playoffs. Um, I mean, still, uh, any, any word on if this game's actually happening right now? Um, I'm still – it looks like like the information that I got looks like they're playing, but you say they're still in a rain delay. So no, let's check right now. Like, it, it, middle, it, turn it on as Max turns on yeah, the TV. Playing. First and second, first and second, two out, top of the first, and boom is up at the at the plate. Listen, they're playing against Anibal Sanchez today. Anibal Sanchez going on forty seven years old. Uh, he <laughs> is not good, uh, so they got to get the dub today, and they will. Because this team, like I said, will go to the playoffs, and it looks like they'll match up with the St. Louis Cardinals. Man, what a game that would be. Listen, we're talking about a St. Louis Cardinals team that earlier this season hit four consecutive home runs off Kyle Gibson. Let's not forget. They got Albert over there. Wild pitch. um, Would you look at that? Absolutely. Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber. We're up 1-0. Boom. Schwarber okay. limping a little bit though as he slid there. Let's have you know, right. <laughs> you know, like, nah, I wanna, it's not saying. You know what? <laughs> I don't know if anyone else can get this, but I think when the Phillies go on the mound, they're just going to be figuring out who the pitcher is, um, because I don't have it in here. But who's going to be the pitcher? Does anyone does anyone know who the pitcher is for this first game? I've got. Hey, I'll tell you what. I don't know, but I do know that this that they look the players look cold as hell. I mean, yeah. wow, is it cold there in Washington? Yeah, it's freezing. Right, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure that's going to be uh, – well, when you look back to the World Series um, against, what was it, the Rays, and they had that rain delay. Yes. Was it the Rays or the Yankees? They had that rain delay, which kind of changed the whole momentum of the series. Kyle Gibson um, is on the bump today. Okay. Gibby. But, Gibby. And yeah, Schwarber uh, shaking see how up. Kyle Gibson can do. Syndergaard later at 7.05 apparently will be the second start. Yeah. Uh, time. But let's go on to the Philadelphia Eagles. And Max and I, we had the bird's nest go out yesterday. And Absolutely. for those listening, if you haven't yet watched or listened to the bird's nest, go on to our profile, the Philly Experience Podcast, and go click on the bird's nest and hear what we had to say about the Eagles and the Commanders and what we are looking forward to the Jaguars. But we have our guy, T, who works for WIP Sports Radio. He's been hearing the callers, all the opinions. T, what are your thoughts about this matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars and Dougie P's return to the lake? Well, well, first off, let me let me catch up to to our current week. It's it's hard not to be excited about this team. I mean, this team has yeah. exceeded expectations and then some. I mean, Jalen Hurts is playing literally like an MVP. I mean, the odds of him winning the MVP, I think he's only second to Lamar Jackson at this point in the odds. Lamar so like, Jackson, like absolutely it's, ridiculous. Like it's at, yo, and, and first off, I'm going to tell, tell you this right now. Hey, pay Lamar Jackson. Baltimore, stop being stupid. Pay Lamar Jackson. I just wanted to get that out there. Secondly, this team as a whole, they, they just enjoy playing with each other. They enjoy playing with each other as a group. They they enjoy just they, – they just 
they love being around each other. You can tell that they're playing for one another. I mean, that, let, let, I'm not going to lie. The, the Lions game scared me a little bit. But, you know, it turns out that the Lions are actually a pretty decent pretty decent team. Not going to front. So, you know, it, it, and then to, to beat the Vikings the way that they did. And, and, Jesus, they just annihilated Carson Wentz nine times. They did. They The Eagles are just disrespectful. Nine times in the name of Nick Foles. That was just disrespectful. But anyway. This matchup against Jacksonville, this is going to be probably their toughest matchup to date. The Doug Peterson has this Jacksonville team breathing a, a new breath of life. They they are playing more or less like a unit. They you know Trevor Lawrence actually looks like the number one overall pick finally now that he doesn't have Urban Meyer you know in his ear. You know the. It, it, this Jacksonville team is a scary team. They really should not overlook them. Now, because of the weather, that's going to go down apparently tomorrow. I do not expect a whole lot of of passing the ball from both sides. I'd be shocked if Doug Peterson still makes Trevor Lawrence throw the ball out there, knowing that you know we have ball hawks on our side of the ball. I would be honestly shocked. You can't expose this Eagles defense against the run, but. Overall, I think it's going to be a tough game. I think we're going. I think we're going. To, we're going to be the ones that come out as the victor, because if the if the passing game doesn't work, we can always rely on the run game between Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts. I mean this this team is just they are playing like an absolute juggernaut. They are the only team currently in the NFL that's undefeated. Guys, let's be honest here. We didn't predict this. We did not predict this in the beginning of the season. Uh, I mean, Tay, if we look back at our record, uh, don't do that. I, uh, I certainly that. did predict this. <laughs> um, actually, what I was planning on doing is putting our record predictions out on our story now uh, the rest of the week because the, those first three games, um, you know, they, they weren't. I, I think we all agreed on those maybe for at least first two or you know, two out of the three games. Yeah. But what I'm going to do now every week is, is try to put our record record prediction out there. And I'm going to start doing our three score predictions on our story and see who gets the closest. Um, but to sort of a, a selfish question I have for you, Uh-oh. someone that has Devontae Smith on his <laughs> fantasy football team, do I play Devontae? Uh, because it's it, mostly a run game, but you have to expect at least, you know, four passes his way right oh yeah I, I do expect a couple of passes to go to Devonte's way i don't think it's going to be an all running game um I, I would feel confident honestly starting him you know i, I wouldn't i would not start him you know he's still gonna put up some valuable points for you he's not going to be a big monster like like he has you know like he has been these past couple games but i do think that he is going to put up points for you so I, i'm not saying you know bench you know bench all the right receivers don't do that yeah. But, like, it's just not going to be as much, you know, point production as per usual. That's all. Yeah, fair enough. And I am playing against a Tyree Kill who already, you know, played Thursday, 25 points on the board. So I'm going to need some magic out of one of my players. But getting into the Eagles more with game plan wise, Max, I had talked about this on the Bird's Nest, but you have Mike Codwell on the other side for the Jaguars to yeah. coordinator last season in the playoffs that Jalen Hurts was shut down in against the Buccaneers. Codwell, who played for the Eagles um, back in the day, 
was the linebackers coach for the Buccaneers. He was responsible for shutting down Jalen Hurts and, and the game plan. So he has game planned against Jalen Hurts before in a way that worked. When you see Jalen Hurts there, when he has to, yeah, this is it, it's going to be interesting because before you found out the weather, you're like, this is a game where Jalen Hurts has to throw the ball around. He has to prove his arm because they're going to lock him down, keep him in the pocket from rushing. But you know, maybe the focus shifts on how Miles Sanders does now um, because yeah. the Eagles, they're going to be running the ball constantly, constantly. Can Miles Sanders hold on to the ball? He's had problems with fumbling. It's going to be slippery out there. Um, the ball is going to be wet. Is this game just going to be uh, a field goal fight, trying to kick a field goal in that the wind and the, and the rain is going to be hard, but very low-scoring game? What are we looking at here? Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of points scored in this one, to be completely honest with you. I think James Robinson and Travis Etienne are going to get involved on the ground. Um, not a ton of passes, but then again, you still have weapons on the outside. Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk. They've had solid seasons so far. Trevor Lawrence continuing to develop under Doug Peterson. I think it's a perfect match made in heaven with those two, um, especially for Lawrence, a young quarterback developing in his career. But, you know, I think when you talk about the defensive side of the ball, that's going to be huge. I mean, you have Devin Lloyd and Trayvon Walker, two top picks for the Jaguars both having great seasons so far. So it's going to be tough. Um, again, it's going to be a sloppy game. Uh, we've we've seen the weather, too, before. It looks like it's going to pour rain. All of a sudden, it just turns out to be cloudy and cold. It could, be, it could go really either way. I'll tell you what, though. If you have fantasy kickers, I don't think you want either of these guys in, uh, in your lineups in this one because even if they get the opportunity, uh, they can definitely be uh, going wide right or left. Not only yeah. – uh, speaking of Christian Kirk, I'm glad that you actually mentioned that. That is, that is one matchup I think we do need to keep an eye on. Um Word came down, like it was either yesterday or Thursday, that Avante Maddox has been ruled out for this game. So Christian yeah. Kirk is their very, very talented primary slot receiver, and Avante Maddox does man the slot. That is his position. So, you know, we're going to see, you know, how Jonathan Gannon, you know, plans on replacing, you know, that production that Avante Maddox provides in that slot. You know, are you going to move Gardner Johnson to that slot? Yes, he can play that. You know, are you going to, you know, bring a, a corner up from the depth chart like Zach McPherson, you know, possibly? It, it's, right. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see how that's going to work out tomorrow. Yeah, and just a quick segue. We talked about, you know, having fun on teams when we're referring to the Sixers and how it works for the Eagles. Jason Kelsey just posted uh, about an hour ago on Instagram, and I don't know if this was a fan-made picture or not, but he now refers to himself as the sexy Batman. Um, we talk. We talk about the husky, the the big Batman, and you know the skinny Batman, and, and all that with that. It's but then the fast Batman as well. Now we have the sexy Batman, and he's been a guy who's been saying he wants that cape on the sideline. And I, it, it kind of brings us to college football, right, Max? When you have the yeah. you know the turnover chain and, and and all that stuff. Now you have the Batman cape for any touchdown yep. score, maybe. Um, you know, will Miles Sanders be keeping that cape on the whole game? We'll have to see. I'll be in the stands, probably freezing, soaking wet. You picked a horrible um, game to go to, my friend. Well, I got season two. Hey, go to all, baby. Go to all. I'm at every game. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's it's going to be a cold one. Uh, any final thing you guys have to say on the Eagles, or should we just get right into our score predictions? You know what, man? This, this team has really shocked me. Um I'm still there's there's my coworkers at WIP um in particular 
Rob Ellis. They've um, they they're trying to convince me and convert me into believing that Jonathan Gannon is actually a decent defensive coordinator. I'm not ready for that just yet. I'm not ready to say that just yet, but I will say that he has impressed me over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, Hey, if, if, you know, if he continues to impress then Hey, yeah, then maybe he'll get my full support. But as of right now, I'm not there yet. with Jonathan Gannon. Okay. Um, Let's start off, Max. Let's start with you. Score prediction. Score prediction. All right. Jags come in here. Uh, gonna be gonna be a lower scoring game. Do either one of these teams reach twenty points? Is the main question. I say they do. I say the birds win 21-16. I'm I'm pretty okay. much I'm pretty much right there with you. But instead of twenty three, I'm gonna have them at twenty points to 21. 21 T. 21 and 6, 21 to 16. It's That's not 23 because if I get this exactly right, I'm going to need some damn respect. <laughs> I can't wait to say I'm right. You're, you're 21. You're, yeah, but your takes are not very respectful. Let's be honest here. Anyway, 20. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I mean, geez. I, I'd say 20. Oh, to... <laughs> uh, the Nats, baby. Here come the Nats as the show closes. 1 1. We're tired. I, I say 20 to 16. Oh, I say 20 to 16. The birds pull it off. All right, boys, don't laugh at me. This okay. score prediction. I'm thinking oh, I'm going to see. I think we're going to see a 12 yard field goal to start the game. 12 yards. With yeah. the Eagles. They're not going to get it done in the red zone. To kick a field goal from the two yard line. That's a new one. That's that's the stupidest thing. No, I've heard about. I'm thinking end zone, end zone plus uh, 12 yards. That's what all right. I'm all right. All right. Um, I, I think someone's going to miss an extra point. I'm gonna give them fifteen to ten. It's gonna okay. be fifteen to ten Eagles. You got a low scoring. Fifteen game, to ten. A true. Low that's got to be. Uh, that's probably a rare score. I don't know. 10. All right. But, I hope you get a couple of drinks in there because that'll be a tough one to watch. <laughs> I'm expecting that. I'm expecting that. Yeah, I'm also like... expecting Xfinity Live to be pretty lit. Um, Let's go, so baby. Everyone's gonna Let's be go. undercover, Alrighty. riding that bull all day. Um. That's going to wrap up this show uh, for us, T. Send us away as we watch the Phillies probably crush our dreams. <laughs> uh, if you guys missed any of this episode, you can always go to philly-experience.templecast.com, available on all major downloadable platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, the entire Shabazz. First off, I didn't get a chance to say it during the show, but prayers are for Tua. He should not have been in that game from the very beginning. He was concussed oh, yeah. on Sunday and then slung on his head on Thursday. Just prayers up to him. Hope for a speedy recovery. Ooh, Dolph- the Dolphins are in trouble. Dolphins, this is, this is on you. I'm embarrassed.